What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. What's up, uh, former party people? It's two dudes and a pizza place coming to you live and direct from two separate bedrooms during the I don't big know why. day. You're going to get what? sued. <laughs> by who? By, by, get... by the y'all, y'all ready for this players. <laughs> by Unlimited? Is that what the name of the band is? Unlimited. Uh huh. The song is called "Get Ready." It's the this is the rap version, but we're not going to get it. Oh, too unlimited. Oh, we're not going to get that unlimited. far into the song to hear the rap. Yo, part of that. you're playing that song because we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, that's all. It is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so we're, you know, we don't care. We're too sensitive men. I don't. I don't really care. It's funny. My um, my boss is from, um boston or somewhere thereabouts and he's um he's a very mild mannered you wouldn't know it to talk to him at all that he's from boston and, and he gets the he still he's like yes you have to love tom brady and you have to love the new england patriots and i guess you know tom brady's in the in the game this year but he's playing for the buccaneers so it's all it's a big mixed bag over there in new england all um, i know is tom brady is an old ass racist that's all I know. Mm-hmm. He's old well, and go. racist. There you go. Yeah, that's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> old and racist. Old and racist. The Tom old Brady story. He's all. Would you like some insurance? No, not you, brown people. Mm-hmm. Or what's the um? What am What am I thinking of? What was the? I don't know. Chicken parm, you taste so good. Who was that? I don't know. Is it chicken parmesan ad? Is there fast food? Is there fast Italian food? I wonder if there's fast like. Fast food. The Barros in the mall. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about Sabaros. They changed the name to Barros though. Now, right? Didn't they take the S off? They didn't like the S. I guess not. Well, at least in Tucson they have fast food. You're right. The Italian fast food chain here is called Barros. Barros. Okay. Yeah. B A R. Anyway, I don't know what that has to do with recovery, but I guess so. Um, I don't know what has to do with recovery. Chicken Chicken, parms, chicken parm, you taste so good. It's a state farm or something like that, but it's, I think that's Peyton Manning. It's a different quarterback selling insurance. Oh, that's the guy. So, okay. See, I get them all confused because all those white dudes look the same to me. They kind of do. Ah, hot takes. I'm full of hot takes today, dude. Yeah. Sassy, dude. Um, well, Jerry, I do have (laughs) a big question for you today. Uh Um, well, maybe not. It's, so let me set the stage. Because <laughs> H is for, hey, that's my recovery. That's my program you're talking about there, or uh-huh. something like that. You um, didn't even have a full sentence for it. It was just hey that hey or or, or something like that. No, well, okay, it's <laughs> I, I messed it up. So let me let me let me let me let me do that. Or again. something. We'll just hey. edit that shit out, dude. Yeah. Go hey, ahead. that's my program you're talking about there. Um, I got an email from somebody and they had listened to a previous podcast where I, I interviewed, uh, this Dr. Dunbar Mm -hmm. and the person in the email was a little taken aback by this, the doctor's, um, the doctor's opinion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, as it were. And if you go back and listen to it, he talks more about how our desires and our, it's all in the subconscious. And if we can get down to the subconscious level and then we can lift that desire for alcohol and that, you know, there's, that we're kind of stuck in what he calls the alcohol matrix. And um, which was really, he wasn't interested in the program, right? He wasn't interested in the 12 steps to him. It wasn't about that. It was more about this sort of collective unconscious um, uh, um, 
desire, I guess. And so um, she was listening to it, uh, the person who sent me the email, and seemed a little perturbed by it because, you know, in our conversation, myself and the doctor, we kind of went a little back and forth. And I said, I have to disagree with you on some things because that, that's not how I see it. And he mm. was very respectful. Like there was no, it wasn't combative or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I got the feeling, and we, we talked this through if you listen to the whole thing, but I was very defensive uh, in, the, in the beginning. And I was even very defensive in some of the um, the correspondence that he and I had before we we sat down for the interview, mm -hmm. and I also found I felt this way when I read Annie Grace's book because her thing is also about well it's kind of all in your mind it's not really about you it's not a moral issue it's not a personal thing it's not um, it's not something you need to fix about you it's it's the way that our brains are related and so or relate to alcohol. And there was another book that she had mentioned in the email, but I hadn't read it. So I didn't, I couldn't talk on that. But this idea that it's not you, Jerry, it's, it's, it's alcohol, it's the world, it's society at large, and that you need not necessarily go dig up all your dirt to get better. Mm -hmm. And that you don't even necessarily need to quit entirely to get better. Um, and the person in the email was just concerned, like, well, I'm fresh in recovery. I'm fresh in this 12 steps, you know, several months in and well, what the fuck is this? It kind of, I think the, the phrase was it annoyed and angered me was yeah. what, um, and, and I responded basically saying the same thing that I felt that, that twinge of defensiveness, especially I remember when I read Annie Grace's book and in the first, mm -hmm. um, in the first chapter, there's, there's, and I'd have to go back and read it again, but the feeling I got was that there was a certain denouncement to the 12 steps. Right. And I don't know if you've ever heard any of this, um, or experienced any of this or any of the sort of pushback on the 12 steps. I mean, maybe you've watched some YouTube videos or there's some Probably. people out there who are very mm -hmm. anti yeah 12 steps mm -hmm. and say it's detrimental and it doesn't really work and um and there's a lot of it's a lot about the moral failing of the person in, is the is the opinion of the 12 the steps opinion, or the opinion of the 12 step person who's being critical i think it's the the, the opinion of the 12 step person who's being critical but That's wouldn't it be a moral failing in the sense of the 12 step as well because they're asking you to have a spiritual recovery so would a spiritual well, recovery yeah the basis of that be some type of spiritual, well, I guess spiritual yeah. moral failings are different, right? Well, I mean, yeah. To, so, mm. well, here's, here's my thing too, is that. They're very interesting. Yeah. Well, mm. there are, I, I have plenty of moral failings. Yeah. Now, it, it was, a, I don't want to say it was all, <laughs> uh -huh. it was all a direct result of the alcohol that I drank, but pretty much like 99.9% you know, maybe, maybe a little bit less, but you know, it was those moral failings were, they involved alcohol. Right. But were they not things you, huh? So I guess what's the, the I never read what's Annie Grace's question? book. I never okay. read Annie Grace's book. Okay. I've listened to a couple of her little podcasts. Okay. And I don't mean little in a demeaning way. I mean, no, little no. like they're, they're short, short podcasts. Yeah. Um, and I can relate to people being critical of the program because mm -hmm. everybody is an individual. So saying that this one size fits all thing is kind of really simplifying something that's really complex. Mm -hmm. But once, and we've talked about before the podcast, you know, my opinion of alcoholism and recovery is it's the hardest, easiest thing you'll ever do. You know what I mean? Cause it is very complex and very simple at the same time. It's very strange. Um, I think being critical of the program in of itself, because it's the program is putting the cart before the horse because it's just another tool you can utilize. And mm -hmm. if you're only looking at like your hardcore AA people who are inflexible and you know what I mean, or being fucking pricks about it, then you're looking at the wrong subsection of AA. You're just looking at like a little portion of it. Um, right. I didn't listen to your podcast with Dunbar at all either. Um, 
I just don't really listen to the podcasts after we do them because I feel weird about it. No, it's Um, it's. I I rarely do. I do. uh, So, I don't. So I'm not asking you to be critical of these people in particular because I don't think that that's fair. No, it's not because I couldn't talk to them face to face anyway. And I don't think that that's helpful. Those are just the two. those are just the two examples that I have. And then there's the one that's recorded. And yeah, so I'm not asking you that, but in general, there are other theories as to why yeah. we are mm-hmm. addicted to alcohol or whether or not we are actually d- addicted and maybe we can just right. make and so drink. If, if the, the opinion of it, of it is, it's all f- physiological, it's, it's kind of right in a sense, if you want to really break it down to its core, because while we are, is our brain, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's outside forces, outside things that affect us. They affect the way we think they affect our thought processes, our problem solving processes. But at the end of the day, it's all your brain. It's the right. thing between your two ears that makes you an alcoholic. It's not the alcohol that makes you an alcoholic. It's the thing between your ears because it could have been cocaine could have been the thing you were super enthusiastic about or having sex with randos or fucking eating too much. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the obsess- obsessive compulsive behavior. Our flavor just happens to be alcohol. Correct. You and I, and this bigger group of people. And so Correct. We, I think for me personally, it was trying to find a way to cope with that and to live life without that. And be that it's so prevalent within our society, it was very hard for me to live a life outside of that. I don't know if it's easier in a sense for, I, and I, I, this is weird ground for me to tread on. I would say it's easier for an opioid or someone who's using an illicit substance for them to get sober or recover because that substance, you have to go through more steps to acquire the substance. Mm-hmm. So for them, I'm not quite sure because I haven't experienced that, but it's almost like this matter of avoidance could be easier. It seems like just don't hang out with that crew of people that are all doing dope. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it'll be fine. It's not like you walk into a dairy mart and they have dope. Right. That you can buy that, you know, whereas like anywhere I go, there's booze, any conversation that opens up when you meet a new person, you go to their house for dinner, there's wine. Do you know what I mean? Like all of these things you have, they all have either beer or wine or some type of light form of alcohol. So it's really prevalent in our culture. So I feel like there's, there are more pitfalls if that's your drug of choice. <clears throat> right. Sure. Um, so I could, I guess I've kind of went off on a tangent, but because okay. the caffeine is kicking in. But uh, <laughs> I feel like if it is, if someone's telling you, hey, it's all internal, it's all in your head, they're absolutely right. It is all in your head because that is in my opinion, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things though. So I guess if we're talking about the um, avoiding the spiritual aspect of it, right? I the feel like that's aspect part of is it, but... super fucking weird to me. And it okay. always has been weird to me. And I still meditate and I still say my little prayer as a form of respect and gratitude, right? But the spiritual aspect has always been super weird to me because when they wrote the fucking 12 steps, it was the 30s and God was in everything. Yeah. The Christian yes. God was everywhere. Yes. Imagine if they wrote the 12 steps in 2020. Do you know what I mean? It would be a whole different, it would, be, I wonder if it would even be the same program, you know? And the fact that AA is inflexible and they will not change the steps to go with the times or change Mm -hmm. the message of the meeting, I find really disappointing in the program because things need to change. Right. But now, now you say that now. And so this is another thing that I I wanted to kind of differentiate because you say that now with six and a half years of sobriety. Right. And, but if, if you had, if somebody had come to you and said that at three months, you would have been like, I'm just trying to get my fucking bearings here. I don't need to, I don't need to worry about the problematic language or get turned off by, you know, God and right. the misogyny. But I was turned the, off by God and misogyny in the beginning. Too. I understand. Yeah. And a, a lot of people are, and that's right. fine too. Mm-hmm. But you were at a point just like me, so fucking desperate. The gift of desperation. The gift, the, the beautifully <laughs> Hey, happy birthday, gift. kid. Happy birthday. Did you wake up outside crying? Happy birthday. Here's a gift. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I'm just glad that one time I do remember waking up outside. It was summertime. Dude, Nobody I would do was... it all the time. That's why I always use it oh. as my example, because part of my blackouts were like, I'd be outside. Like, how the fuck did I get out here? Anyway, Hot go as ahead. fuck in the backyard. It was summertime in Oregon. Dude. and 
Steven was nice enough that he all he could do was like just throw a blanket over me and just pat leave you, me. pat you to sleep, just like there, there, basically. Little bear. Good night, Moon. Good night. Moon. Um, but so so in those early days, uh-huh. I can't, I could not con- have conceived of sitting there and being critical of the structure of the program. Correct. That I was simply trying to explore. Like it wasn't even that I was. I was feeling good about it. It wasn't even that I was feeling like I was reaping any benefits from this. I was still trying to like wrap my head around the idea that, what do you mean? I'm never going to drink again, ever, ever. Like, I guess so, because, and then, you know, getting the the tiniest little bit of momentum. And I was like, okay, well, I just need to stick with this for a little while longer and I'll figure it the fuck out because nothing makes sense. Nothing made sense when I was drinking, made a terrible sense. And nothing makes sense now. And I'm trying to understand this book that somebody gave me that I saw somebody who I knew personally, you and one mm-hmm. other person who was like, John, you got to try this, man. Like, I don't know if it's going to work for you, but it did something for me. And then to see that and go, okay. And that's what allowed me to um, to look past those things that I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what's up with this. That's fucking weird, sketchy, right. shady, whatever. And so when I hear people say that about my program, but it's not mine, you know, but that's how it feels. And there's that this sort of twinge of defensiveness. And so mm-hmm. there's a difference between say, looking at it six and a half years and you can, right. Cause you can breathe a little bit easier than you could at six and a half weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. For the most part. Right? For the, yeah. right. I mean, I'm not looking for any port in a storm at this point. I've kind of found, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Found a comfortable groove to be in, but people have to be critical of the program. I think you have to be critical of the program. Even early, you have to kind of be like, this shit is a tiny bit sus. Mm-hmm. Like it ha- you have to be, but you also have to embrace whatever is going to get you fucking sober. That's. And so that's a great point. Because in the very, very beginning, I took it as my whole perspective was, I'm going to do this like an investigative journalist. Right. Because I don't think this is going to work for me. So I'm just going to be mm-hmm. very curious. I'm going to be very critical. And I did right. all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as step by step and day by day, I was like, oh, I kept looking around and I'm going, oh, I'm not drinking anymore. And then a little while longer, oh, the the drinking dreams have stopped. Mm-hmm. And then a little while longer, I was starting to feel good in the mornings. But is that working a program, or is that just not drinking for? A that long was not time? drinking, but in the, I was able to sustain that because of the, you know, at I remember early on, I was only going to one meeting a week. Well, that's not entirely true, but there was one meeting that I would not miss. And so it was that, and then some cursory, you know, flipping through the book before I actually started doing any sort of real work. But yes, it was not not drinking, but I mean, it was- Barely remember reading the book the first time I read it. The big book, I barely remember reading it. Like, I literally don't even think I read it. I think I just looked at the words and turned the pages. I like didn't, I don't, they were like, take notes. I'm like, take notes on what? Like, what the fuck is this? I've read the big book so many times at this point. And not because I like the big book. I do mm-hmm. like parts of the big book, but I've read it so many times just to try to understand it. It's like reading mm-hmm. an instruction manual, dude. Mm-hmm. It really was. And I would always say at the meetings, like, I'd always try to share that. Like, this is my Ikea instruction manual. And I may use a fucking hammer to put this shelf in. And you may use a mallet. And this guy over here may use the back end of an electric drill. But we're all trying to put this fucking shelf together, you know? Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was just reading through the, going back and going like, oh shit, why is this doing this? Let's read this part again. Or, you know, yeah. So I barely remember reading the book the first time, dude. Like you say cursory, like I was, I like literally just scanned the pages and just ran my way through it the first time just to be like, this is going to make me not want to drink anymore. And it didn't right. make me not want to drink anymore. I finished the book and I still wanted to fucking drink. I went to meetings for months and I still wanted to fucking drink. And they were like, you're not, it's because, you know, nobody was telling me shit because I didn't really talk to anyone, mm-hmm. but I would read online like and then I would get like from the speaking um, tapes and shit or the podcast. I was like, well, you're not working your program correctly. And I'm like, I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And I still want to drink because I'm a fucking alcoholic. And that's what I want to do. I want to hit mm-hmm. the ground running mm-hmm. because I like to run. The fact is 
I like to run so much that, you know, I'm going to run my legs out from under me. But what happened was his start, I did it by like osmosis, right? Like, I, I don't know if that's the right word. It's almost like seeping, like you're steeping tea. Like it took a while for it to kind of, mm-hmm. oh, 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 okay. So this program isn't my entire life. It helped save my life because I started using parts of it, parts of it to improve my life or to, to deal with what's going on with me, you know? Yeah. So, and you bring up another now good I point. I use it all the time. <laughs> the program? Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. Me yeah. too. I, it's, yeah. it's sort of in there. And yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I've been indoctrinated. It's no. just, it's like this really nice little tool I can use to be like, right. Oh, why did you get angry there? It's well, yeah. The maybe, indoctrination thing is weird too, right? Because there's so many people in AA I don't like. <laughs> and if they were a cult, I'd have to love everybody, but I'd still mm-hmm. help them. That's the thing though. I, if, if they yeah. asked me for help, I yeah. would offer this, this theoretical person or this, you know, rhetorical person. Right. I'd help, but right. there are so many people I'd be in rooms and be like, I don't fucking like you. Yeah. Like, I don't I mean- like you. Ew. Like I, I might have to ask you to leave your MAGA hat in the truck while we uh, Yo, do our just reading. In general, like, just, okay, you're going to share about how you're mad at everything again? Like, uh-huh. every week you're fucking that... mad. At, and I'm mad too, but yeah, I'm trying yeah. not to be mad. It seems like you're just, in, anyway, whatever. This is not complaint about the meeting I went to in 2016. <laughs> There's the, you need to work <laughs> on that resentment. I know, um, dude, I need to call that guy up. Seriously, you probably should. It'd probably make you feel better if you called him up and said, hey. Uh, I'd probably feel worse because he'd still be mad. Um, so, but the point you bring up and the the difference between the conversation I had with Dr. Dunbar and what I read in Annie Grace's book is okay. the idea of calling ourselves alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And that I think is one of the sticking oh, points yeah. between the two, uh, the, uh, what do I want to say? It's schools of thought, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. So there, what I get from them, the feeling and the impression I get from them is you don't need to call yourself an alcoholic. You're not an alcoholic. Right. And so in my mind, for me, that felt more, I don't want to say, yeah, I felt like I was being coddled in a way. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. now, granted, I had already recovered through the 12 steps, but in calling myself an alcoholic, which I had done many times without really understanding it when I was drunk. Right. Just because I felt some sort of pride or some bullshit, you know, or I was, I was just drunk and wanted to be an asshole. Gave me right? you edgy. Gave me yeah, some edge. Exa- yes. So the yes. ladies wanted to explore yes. that edge. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Tom Waits song. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who wants to live in a Tom Waits song? No, dude. <clears throat> Except for maybe Chocolate Jesus. That was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. But- <laughs> It's a lot of calories. Um, so so the the idea of calling myself an alcoholic didn't uh-huh. I didn't feel stigmatized. And in uh-huh. fact, I felt the beginnings of a little bit of understanding of myself and therefore a little liberated in right. that I knew what I was. Right. And so then I could go, oh, there's a way to lift this from me. Right. Yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. a series of steps to help me with this wiring the in my problem brain. has a name now. So now the problem can be figured out a little bit. Right. You know, why does it that's like my iPad and it's not doing something. And so I try to do a general Google search and then I find out boom, boom, boom. Oh, something's burnt out and it's called this. So mm-hmm. now I can go through Google again and go. Oh, my, you know, whatever the name is, the fucking flux mm-hmm. capacitor is cracked or whatever. Oh, now I know it's that. So then mm-hmm. I go to Google and go things to remedy a flux capacitor being cracked. You know what I mean? And it narrows down the search and it gives me more of a foothold, more of a finger hold to solve this problem or to at least deal with this problem. Man, I don't just fucking this. I was just funny bring it up because I was thinking about this the other day and how. Some people don't want to call themselves alcoholics. They'll say, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Or they just, it's a stigma. And that's fine. That's fine. It doesn't fucking matter. It shouldn't matter. It, oh, the only thing that should matter is how you're working your recovery. Like, even with the Andy, like I said, I haven't read the books, but at the same point, when someone's saying, you're not an alcoholic, like, that's not up to you to determine how I, how I call myself. Like, it's none of your fucking business. I could call myself Tony Shalhoub. And that's the way I'm fucking rolling forever. It doesn't matter. I could be monk, kiss my ass, you know, like 
I'm an alcoholic. That's the problem I have. You may not like it for yourself, and that's fine. I won't call you an alcoholic. You'd, your show would be called Drunk. <laughs> exactly, right? And it just show up bloated and be like, what The opposite of OCD, at? knocking shit over, can't figure anything out. Stealing cheese and broccoli from the cheese plate, put it in my <clears throat> suit pockets. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but <laughs> my determination of what I am, if it's not offending anyone else, do you know what I mean? Or intentionally mm-hmm. trying to ruin someone else's day shouldn't be a problem to some people, but I can also see the reasoning that it can be an excuse. But then again, excuses are like the fucking mainstay of being an alcoholic. Uh You know, it's just in our nature or at least in my nature. How about that? I don't want to say all of us, but for me, I'd be like, well, well, I know I'm a fucking giant drunk. I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know how to do shit. Right. I'm drunk. But for me too. And many people that I have met and talked to, right. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, it's not just me. I've actually people I have met and talked to. Now that is that is purely anecdotal. Um, yeah, we're not scientists. No, there is no scientific study done on this program. Or I mean, there and there's plenty of other scientific studies that have been done on brain chemistry can, and right. Oh, dude, I could just see us with beakers and like safety glasses and big, it's just big lab coats, and you just have a like a metal rod and you just point like tapping a ham, mm-hmm. and you're like, hmm. Hmm. You make notes. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, but there hasn't been. So it because it's a rock not. star can. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Tink, tink, tink. Monster. Bang. Monster. Bang is the new hot one, right? Bang. Get yeah. into bang. No, I've been fucking with Celsius lately. Oh, that's right. Celsius. Oh, that shit is gangster. Anyway, let's. <laughs> I love caffeine, dude. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you didn't used to. That's funny because you didn't used to drink coffee, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't used it to. It made me shit my pants. What happened? You just, you got healthy. I quit drinking. And so now yeah. I can drink coffee and not like take off like a fucking bottle rocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's the, it's the stigma versus for me, it was a liberation. And this is, this is just my personal experience and the anecdotal evidence that I have gathered from the people that I have spent time with. Right. And this idea of I am an alcoholic and I don't have to say that Sorry. and I don't have any stigma to it, but you know, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't bring that up. Like, you know, when somebody at work was like, so you don't drink at all anymore. And I, I, but I did think about this the other day. Cause somebody said, Hey, how's your podcast going? And I think they were, I don't know what. And I said, yeah, basically. Yeah. And I was like, you know, why can't you drink anymore, John? It's like, because I will ruin my life. I will lose this job, any relationship. Well, yeah, friendship. right. It's because when I start, I can't stop. <laughs> you know? And, you know what I mean? I can't stop till I fall asleep. And it, it, yeah. And there's another, there's a great podcast. It's one of the only few, one of the few that I've listened to twice. And it's, it's a rich roll episode from like 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. And the guy's name is Chris Davis. And I highly suggest if you go and search for it, if you're interested in alcoholism at all, and you go listen to this, he's awesome. And it was you love so, that dude. I do. I like. Have Rachel. you emailed him? Um, not you yet. You can't no. find him, huh? He's kind of person incog. He's like one of those dudes. It's hard to find of it. Well, I mean, I can. I I think I've like, I see him on Twitter. He's probably but, got um, his own podcast now. Who Chris? Not Rich Roll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Davis, yeah. No, I can't. I couldn't find him. He's totally incognito. But um, he uh. He said something to the effect of, you know, he's like, I'll ruin my whole fucking life. If you give me something to drink, I'll burn it all to the ground. And he's like, you think that's, you think that sounds dramatic? Why don't you buy me a drink and find out what dramatic yeah, exactly, really is? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I love that. That's and that right. hit home for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm an alcoholic and that's fine. I don't need to go telling people, you know, I don't need to say to company, yeah. right? My no, name is John right. and I'm an alcoholic. And that's, but see, it's almost like alcoholic becomes part of your name, which is fine. It should not be right. Because mm-hmm. don't, if you're allergic to fucking penicillin, you have to wear a stupid bracelet. So the AMTs know not to fucking fill mm-hmm. you full of penicillin. So why would I not? Have a just, bracelet? I mean, I don't have to throw it in. Yeah. I don't need an alcoholic bracelet, but you know what I mean? Like, why would I not just, if someone asks, why would I not just be honest about what kind of animal I am or what my, al- hey, I'm Jerry, I'm allergic to penicillin, which I absolutely right. am allergic to penicillin. Hey, I'm allergic to bees, you know? Right. You don't got to we'll wear a t-shirt the, uh, that says like bees. Oh, that uh, you want the life I'll get the bracelets. Button? Well, I get the bracelets on the merch store here pretty soon. So mm-hmm. that. Uh... <laughs> they have the life alert with a little button. And instead of I followed and I can't get up, you'd be like, I've fallen off the wagon. I've fallen off the off wagon. The- <laughs> and I can't but, uh, get up. It's, I've never had a problem with it. 
it's all personal preference for, mm-hmm. I guess, I feel like it's not necessarily irresponsible, but it's kind of patronizing. I f- like, I guess I feel really similar to what this person who wrote you this email, I guess I'd have to read the email, but that it's like, don't minimize my journey through this thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I would get defensive, like when I'd read the orange papers online, which was really critical of AA, especially in the beginning, right. I would feel really defensive because I'd say, well, it's working for me. And so I'm why would you read them? Because I love to be outraged, just like I fucking watch the news okay, about okay. stupid ass all Trump right. and get all fucked off because okay. I was like, man, I love being mad. Let's hear what this asshole has to say about AA. And then yeah. I'd read it and he'd be like, well, it's full of sex predators and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, everywhere is full of sex predators. What are you going to fucking not go to Outback Steakhouse because it's full of sex predators, you ding dong? Like, but then again, Outback Steakhouse is also not offering you recovery. No. People f- dilute things, people fuck things up. You put people in any co-op things, they they hijack things. They write programs that aren't perfect because people aren't perfect. Like Bill W. and um, Dr. Bob wrote a program that was really fucking helpful, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect because nothing is perfect in this world. That's the thing. I think as human beings, we expect perfection, but there's Mm -hmm. a a child's laugh. Well, it depends on what fucking kid is laughing and what the context is. If the laugh's coming from under your bed at two in the morning, that's not perfect. You know no, what I mean? It's pretty fucking Yeah, and you have no perfect. children, or if you have a child, you know, mm-hmm. but either you, or. You know. <laughs> but your daughter laughing her ass off playing with her friends, that's great. You mm-hmm. know, so there's no perfection, you know. So to say to say either way that AA is absolutely flawed and it does not work, try my buy my snake oil, try my thing, my thing mm-hmm. works better. That's sus. That's mad sus. And to say AA is the only way you can only do the 12 steps this way. You need to fucking get up and pray on your knees and then read 12 and 12 and then read the big book and then all this shit. And you need to do it this way. You're going to get drunk and die. That's not that's suspect too. You got to find your middle groove in there. And maybe skepticism, a little bit of faith, skepticism, faith, right? Yeah. And, And that's kind of too where I have found my where I found my groove and this um, when you talk about this, the hardlining and the, and the um, just the, the pounding in of either or right. Mm-hmm. It can't, and you may find that's that something in this 12 step program doesn't, it doesn't resonate with you. And you're like, I can't fucking yeah. back there. That's garbage. That's trash. And then this other person <laughs> says, says, Oh, Hey, well maybe this might help. And you go, Oh, that's exactly the help I needed. Mm-hmm. So, right. why wouldn't you use that? I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you in the slightest. Now, that being said, skepticism, faith, skepticism, faith. That's been something for me that I have found in the last, you know, several years. Um, some flexibility in the foundation of my faith, right? right. In that, mm-hmm. in that. Oh, okay. I don't need to be a hard-lined proponent of one particular way of doing something for every single person because you're going to die, you know? Right. That's ridiculous. That doesn't help anyone. It only serves Mm-mm. you and your superiority. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my opinion of it. <laughs> yes. Not you. I just mean rhetorically you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. I know what you do. You make weird cooking videos. That's what you do. I do. I got 16,000 hits on that fucking banana oat cake. That's insane. Yeah. Let me talk to you about your banana oat cake video because I was watching this <laughs> in bed the other night with my wife and I was like, there's a shot. There's two shots that bother me. And I'm, I'm only okay. giving you a critique as a friend. Please. First of please. all, when you have your timer up, just, just wipe down the oven. Just wipe it down. Just wipe. There's a little. The secondly, when you open the oven to pull the oat cake out, it's just uh-huh. your bare ass feet. Put some shoes on, John. Don't be making oat cake in your bare fucking feet. And I even looked at Megan and I'm like, I don't want to look at John's foot next to the oat cake. I'm and Megan's like, be hungry that I got to. <laughs> and Megan's heel. like, she's like, it's a really good video though. The oat cake looks good. And I'm like, but not John's foot, his bare foot. I'm like, who cooks in bare feet? I can't even be in the kitchen in bare feet. It grosses me out so much. I have to put shoes on to go into the kitchen. It was Fair killing enough. me. Critique. I went down accepted. the Johnny rabbit hole. Yeah. Starting with like you're shaving the beard off video, which by oh, the way, God. your face, your hair looks really nice. Thank you. The way you did it, it was funny though. Cause you just went from bigger beard to smaller beard. And I'm like, man, if I were there directing, I'd be like, we're shaving you bare. The whole thing. We're yeah. shaving you bare like a fucking baby. Cause it'd be such a dramatic. I thought about yeah. it, but. Right. But that, I'm not, not there directing. For that. I'm like, John, but the song, it was, it was haunting. 
It was funny and haunting. <laughs> that was what I was going for. It was the funny. Hair, and-, and then I realized that I was like, John's trying to creep me out and make me laugh. So now I get it, you know. It was, but it was, it's a bit of a troll. How many views did you get on that OK video? 60,000? 16. Oh, 16. That's not bad though. It's not bad for a guy who just usually films squirrels in his backyard. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I was like, I went from, I went from 17 Mm -hmm. subscribers to 67 or something like that. Nice. who the fuck are these people? You just got to put your feet in every video now, dude. <laughs> I guess. And <laughs> I also, I posted it on, um, and we'll get back to the recovery here in a second, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> I posted it on Imgur. Yeah. One of the comments was, that thing looks really delicious, but I'm going to need you to do me a really big favor <laughs> in the top of your microwave, dude. Yes, John, I'm just saying. Just I didn't realize. down. I didn't realize how dirty it was. I'm sorry. Also, I'm going to make a recommendation to YouTube that I think okay. you'll like. Have you ever watched uh, You Suck at Cooking? No. Great. Watch his videos. I'm okay. telling you, his videos are phenomenal. They're, they're the only really cooking videos I really like. They're okay. funny as fuck. He's a really funny guy. And his kitchen's a little dirty, but it, mm-hmm. there's humor in it. So okay. what, when you get off the podcast, you get time, just look up You, you suck, suck at Cooking. You Suck at Cooking. Yeah, and just keep okay. an open mind. Me and Olive watch it all the time. That okay. being said, I'm glad you were sober enough to make your oat cakes and your bare ass feet. Put some shoes on. Get some Crocs. <clears throat> Yo, get some Crocs. Y'all ready for this? Some cooking Crocs. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> it's <a> Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to make some cauliflower hot wings or whatever. Boom. Because I don't eat Boom. chicken. And don't but, wipe um, anything down. Just dirty as hell. Just make well, it in the backyard of the hot plate. I didn't realize because I had the camera up here, up above where the, the mic. And I was like, oh, shit, it really is kind of greasy there. And so... Yeah, I need to clean the kitchen. You would think with all this quarantine time, I would spend some time in the kitchen. But... It's, you're cooking a lot, though. That's why. You're just yeah. not wiping down every time. That's okay. It's all right. Hey, this is how we learn. <laughs> <laughs> Progress, not that perfection, That shit was so Jerry. funny, dude. And Megan was laughing at me because I was getting so worked up. I'm like, I can see his big fucking toe, Megan. And it's like, Jesus dying. Like, you're so stupid. Uh, oh, and I was really, you know, the thing with that video too, is I was going to put some music to it to kind of mm-hmm. flow, but I really loved this sort of bare kitchen sounds. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. You could always talk mind. over it too. Like Bob mm-hmm. Rossett. Bob Rossett. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about the bro of AA and people being critical. And look, Mishka, is a great example of someone who is critical of AA, but mm-hmm. still uses parts of AA in his recovery. And I know we bring up Mishka like every other podcast, but yeah. I think he's really relatable because he's our age. Yes. And he's a real similar drunk to the kind of drunks we were. Yes. Kind of at the beginning, kind of like coping. I wouldn't say he was a party guy, but I know. He was a party guy. He was like a bands. super sad fucking drunk too, though, which mm-hmm. I can totally relate to. So I like his, the way he does things. It's very practical. He uses parts of AA, but he won't, I've noticed who he won't admit that he's using it. Like if he's writing it, he'll, he won't be like, this is part of AA. He'll be like, no, nope, fuck AA. I do no AA, you know? But I just, I admire that, that he, not the fuck AA part, but that he does his own thing and finds his own contentment with it and still mm-hmm. struggles with his own shit, but still finds a way to maintain contentment in it, you know? Well, and these, I think, and this is a, he's a perfect example of the fact that there are tools in the program of AA right. mm-hmm. that can be used outside of it, that there are just yeah. practical tools that can be used for whatever. I think right? we'd be so much better if people would just use those, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Some of those, kind of 12 mm-hmm. step tools just normal folks like and in, normal typical folks or whatever in one of the conversations <laughs> i had with mishka mm-hmm. i remember him saying something to the effect of you know i probably could have used a program in my early recovery it's probably right. too late for me now because right. he's you know 10 11 years on <clears throat> and he's already you know he's sorted out his own his own way of doing things right his Works process for him, might have or, been a little more difficult right exactly and that's what he said he said i probably could have used something mm-hmm. and um and you know i think there was another uh a year or so ago a podcast he was on another ritual and he was talking about they were kind of having a um crossfire about aa versus not and this right. kind of thing and mm-hmm. and and he was like, and he kind of admitted that there were some things that were good about it, of course. And he says it in the book, Cold Turkey. Right. He says, use what's available to you. Use what works. And 
still you can be critical of the misogyny you can be mm-hmm. critical of the um these the religious overtones yeah, yeah the, which yeah which are they they are but they don't need to be read that way you know it is really an interpretation right it's almost like it's like listening to a song and to one person the song has a completely different than meaning than to another person mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. especially with the god stuff in aa and the he and him and all that you know which is written in the language of the times and they're not going to change that you know but mm-hmm. the idea of god being this placeholder for this thing means one thing to one person than it does to another person you know it's just like dust in the wind to one person is about the impermanence of life and to another person it's about you know you're my boy blue mm-hmm. you know you don't know the fucking difference you know mm-hmm. or there's a difference there so it is a really open interpretation as well which what make makes it kind of ideal to work with you know i think if if I had to get over the word God and just sort of, I did, like you dude. said, I still placeholder. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not important. You can put whatever word you want in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason for me to, to let my deep um, and, and justifiable resentments toward religion right. get in the way of me feeling better today, right? right. <laughs> right. In the way of me getting a little fucking relief from the pain and suffering that is alcoholism. Mm -hmm. So that would, you know, that's, that would be my simple advice to anybody who is not only struggling with being an alcoholic, but then Mm -hmm. struggling with having to contend with this feeling of religion being imposed upon them. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I don't, I, I don't want to give like I don't I don't have any directives for anybody. We all have to come of this yeah. on our own. Yeah. Um we can just I, talk about our experience, John. Our, our stories. My experience is that it's fine for me to be an alcoholic. It's fine for me to call myself an alcoholic. And yeah. one of the other things that I've learned, and I think you would uh you're a much more structured person even in your drinking days than I was. Yeah. But the structure of the program is what has helped me build structure in other parts of my life that were so yeah dude Mm -hmm. and and there's a there's a there's a relief um freedom freedom from structure and this idea is that even if you want to plan out your day or your week or your month Mm -hmm. if i know what's coming then I have freedom with the rest of the time. If I have structured out my month, my day, if I know that from this hour to this hour, I'm going to be doing this, then I don't have to like live in this weird limbo of, am I going to get these things done? Or am I, how am I going to spend my day? Or what's going to happen today? And, oh, well, I have free time because I didn't really promise myself I was going to do this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, it would be really nice to have a drink. And since I didn't really promise myself that I was going to get those things done, I have all this free time. So I might as well. And so I think in structuring my days, in structuring my hours, weeks, whatever, I find I'm, far more liberated than I am confined from the yeah. that I learned in the program. Structure's weird, man. It's really weird. Right. I love it. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's just, you gave me this revelation because I think about us during our drinking career and I was way more structured than you. And you were like this ball of chaos. And I was like this honed laser. I'm just wanting to get fucked up a certain specific type of way. And you were just like, this melanoma running wild, you know, and I was just, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I do think about structure in my life and routine and how the program has helped me find positive structure and positive routine, but also how that can be a detriment to me in some ways too, because I'm like, yo, it's 10 o'clock. I need to be uh, lifting weights right now. And uh, I, I'm not lifting weights and that's fucking me up. Like I'm doing this other thing that I have to do. That's fucking up. That's derailing my structure. So it's once again, like balance, right? Like we say, we got a waiver between, you know, belief and skepticism, you know, faith Mm -hmm. and skepticism, same with structure for me. I have to learn it, but I'm not, this is what I'm learning right now is breaking my routine because I had such a routine before I moved to Arizona. And now it's like, I live in the fucking submarine and (laughs) help homeschool my kid. 
yeah. until they put her back on hybrid learning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, life is going to fuck up your routine. It always does. Regardless, dude. right? The fucked up <clears throat> part is it lets you get a routine. And then when you get comfortable, <laughs> then it's like, yoinks and pulls the fucking carpet out from under you. So that's, I mean, I think that that's where a little bit of flexibility can go a long way. And that you can say, well, I'm going to have to do this, that, and the other. And so if I really want to get the weightlifting in, I got to do it at nine o'clock. Flexible, right? And or, Megan and I just had this conversation. Yeah. So funny you said that because she's like, you got to be, got to learn how to be more flexible, Jerry. Jerry just got to be a little more flexible. And I'm like, I don't fucking want to, mm-hmm. you know, like it really was like, I don't want to, I'm used to doing it my way. Maybe everybody needs to flex to me. Maybe it needs to be mm-hmm. flexible for me, which is total drinking Jerry. Mm-hmm. It's everybody else's fault job, but mine, y'all got to change for me. The world has to change for me. It owes me. I'm the center of it. You know, got to take yourself outside of it. You're going to be sitting in that chair for a long time waiting for that. I mean, like Nothing happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I guess too, when I think about the the topic of this conversation and I think about me having to defend, like, I don't feel like I have to defend my recovery ah, or defend my way of yours. doing it. Yeah. I don't I, a, anymore. I mean, maybe in the beginning there might've been, I mean, I had a pretty good support system of people. There wasn't anyone mm-hmm. who was contesting me making my life better. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. I think there might've been a couple like, really, you're just never going to drink again, ever, ever. Like, this is not like a, just a, a whim, mm-hmm. but, um, but nobody ever actively was like pointing a finger at me and saying, you need to do it the right way. And so right. I've learned that I don't need to defend it. And so if somebody wants to talk about it, that's fine. If somebody wants to say, you know, I found a different way. I think I found a better way. And I'd be like, that is fantastic. You Go should away, do that. Huh? <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't think that I need a better way. I am always interested in a deeper understanding of myself. Of course. Way, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're constantly exploring yourself. I don't <laughs> mean that as a joke. It's both ways. Although that's though. good. It it's is. Good. It is good. It's yeah. Good. But you are though. I've noticed that you do the work you know what you do the work a lot more uh out like more out loud and out forward than i do like the stuff you're doing your internal psychological work you're like boom you know you're 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 kind of doing it it's it's hard for me to explain what do you well, no, well so like what do you mean is there something what do you see what do you what I am see i doing you going on a journey of john and you're kind of okay. letting everybody look at it you're like check this out this is what i'm doing like this is my way of changing or this is my way of my thought process is re-knitting and reworking itself and and you're like really transparent about it that's the word yeah. i'm looking for you're very like boom this is how i'm doing this this is what i'm doing now come along with me on my social media journey check it out you know what i mean and i was like raised really weird about feelings so i like hide a lot of shit i like kind of very kind of Mm. opaque about things i only let you see what i want you to see of it you know Mm. and so i've always admired that about you is that you've always been very transparent about like your i've always been super open about my alcoholism how could i not be i was open about my alcoholism when i was actively alcoholic so what's the difference you know Mm -hmm. but as far as like the psychological process and i think maybe it's because you do run the AIFA Instagram and shit. So that's coming from you and your heart. You're like writing yeah. in, in these unprecedented times of alcohol or whatever <laughs> fucking thing you're writing. But I know it's coming from your, who you are as your person mm-hmm. where I'm more like brush it off. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a big drunk. Where the fucking circus peanuts or whatever stupid thing I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know? And I, it comes from a lot of opacity on my end because I'm like, eh, you know, I don't really know how to, really comfortable with that shit like when you told me earlier about this group that was using our podcast as the centerpiece for their discussion Mm -hmm. this aa group Mm -hmm. and you're like oh and i recommended them the one where we read the letters to our addiction and i was like my first thought was fuck i'm gonna have a room full of men listening to me fucking crying about (laughs) my alcoholism and it made me like uncomfortable i was like even though already there's already been hundreds of people have already listened to it yeah hundreds i know Right. But for me, it's out like, there. It's so yeah. weird, man. My opacity is like super, like, I like lock it in. And uh, this is a personality thing that I need to deal with. Or maybe not. I mean, it's not necessarily a detriment. It can be, but it's not. I don't know. I, you don't need to change today. And 
um, you can be guarded and you can be more introverted and you don't have to, I mean, it's, I think maybe, you know, we're sharing this to the world right now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. But exactly. You, you can be more guarded and there's nothing wrong with that. I've just found for me being transparent about the things that I'm going through currently, Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I don't, I don't have a lot of people to talk to Jerry. <laughs> you don't. And you're really good at asking for help. And I think that's a really important thing in recovery is being able to ask for help. And I had a really hard time asking for help. And so sometimes I felt like I had a tough go of it because uh-huh. I was embarrassed to ask for help. And that's a big thing too. I want to express, you know, as far as in my recovery is if I would have asked for help a little bit more, I think I would have gotten a lot more positivity out of the program. You would have gotten did. a lot more help. <laughs> yeah. Ex- do you know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to ask for help because I didn't want to bother anybody. And I didn't right. want to be like, it's not a yeah. bother. And it's, and not, it's a bother. not. That's why they're in that fucking room. But I'm like, eh, uh, no, bro. I'm just here for the fucking coffee, bro. <laughs> You're back in the shoe section with the loafers, slippers, uh, loafers and sneakers. And this, dude. <laughs> <sighs> um, but here's the thing. When you talk about me being <laughs> me being a uh, transparent or um or open. Um, so we've talked about why we started this podcast Mm -hmm. and how originally it was a very self-serving thing. Mm -hmm. I wanted help staying sober. Right. I knew that I could trust you. So we started reading. (laughs) I could at least trust you to show up once a week for an hour and listen to me. Right. Right. Yeah. We could crack some jokes. We could talk about being sober. We could bitch about this, that, and the other, and then we could be on our way. So, so then I was like, okay, well, what's troubling me today? Mm. What's troubling me this week? What the fuck am I going through? I just want to figure it out. And, you know, one of the other things that has, that has helped me immensely is my morning writing. And I've kind of mm-hmm. beefed that up a little bit where I kind of just, a lot of times it's just rambling, but sometimes yeah. I'll solve a problem. And so in a lot of ways, the podcast is me going, what's on my mind this week, you know, or what, what are we thinking about? Are you and you'll, you'll come up with a topic. And so it's, it becomes something that is <laughs> genuinely, um, it's, it's what we're, it's what we're feeling. Yeah. And so if I can sort that out and then I'm a little bit better afterwards. So, I mean, yeah ask for help. And absolutely. I I don't do it like Jerry did. (laughs) But if you can, (laughs) if you can be, if I don't want to say you, I have found it helpful to be transparent. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. I have helped. I mean, I don't, we don't talk about everything and and I certainly no. not everything is for everyone. This podcast. Yeah. For this podcast. But yeah, that's just goes without saying. Yeah. There's shit. People don't want to hear about me. It's gross. I'm gross. (laughs) So I think that, um, it's, it's, it's self-serving as much as, and, but then also it's great to hear from somebody and go, Oh, you got something out of that. That oh, blows God. me away. The fact that my dad was talking to one of his sponsees and the, or one of his former, you know, one of these guys that he was working with and the guy's like, yeah, listen to your son's podcast. I think it's really good. Or the fact that you sent me that email that just every time I hear about someone mm-hmm. getting something from this or someone accessing this and, Mm-hmm. either negative or positive it always trips me out because to me it's just you and me and it's this thing i do every sunday at noon now in tucson and i'm like all right okay i'm gonna turn off red dead redemption and do this thing you know and that that other people are getting something that mm-hmm. is that's that's fucking crazy that just trips me out that trips yeah. me out yeah it really does and i think you get all the emails and you get all the like comments and stuff so you know it you know you see it a little bit more than i do i just i'm not saying it it lessens that feeling for you because yeah i know you're also like really grateful for it and you're you you know sure i i can't i i'm always i'm always amazed when some of you whoever out there like when you guys you gals you folks you send us you send us messages and stuff like that like i'm always just kind of like well i'm one i'm blown away because still in my head at five years on there's still Mm -hmm. a part of me that's like you're just a fucking fat drunk asshole john right right what do you got five years wow big fucking whoop five years you know like (laughs) right right. so so i have to that yeah have to not listen to that person and that was you know speaking of the instagram like that thing i posted last night because it just Mm -hmm. i couldn't stop laughing um 
because uh, it was just that clip from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, that shit is great, yeah. And I know, I think in the context of the show, it was actually a dance-off. It was a dance-off, yeah. <laughs> right? And that that pirouette that Charlie Day does, that's not an easy thing to do. No, like he's the man, a good dancer. I think he's they're a really... all kind of good dancers. <laughs> so, um, but it just reminded me of those times where, and there's one in particular from like 97 or something, uh-huh. like being in the vets club, 98, maybe they had to yeah. be 98. And like the guy who was to a tap dance on the, on the apple crate. And I got thrown out and got kicked out. And I was like screaming at the fucking bartender. And you okay, yeah. Uh-huh. me out of the bar. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was doing my best Hunter S. Thompson. And you guys mm-hmm. were like, we got to get fucking John out of here. And I saw that clip and I was like, that's usually what, what would happen is I would be fucking being an asshole. And Jerry's like, I Dude, just want to sit over here and drink my whiskey. Right. And your interpretive <laughs> dancing has like, really, dude? You're like, I just wanted to dance like Jim Morrison in the doors, dude. Because you had watched that, that Jim mm-hmm. Morrison, that doors, that, um, it's that weird hippie sort of. There's some weird, like, backwards running stick. Yeah. Ass clapping you did too one night. That was mm-hmm. the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen. You're like running backwards in a circle and slapping your butt cheeks mm-hmm. to, like, I don't know, the some end. 90s hip hop song. The, yeah, no, it was, it, we were in a bar with, it was like Nelly or some shit and something it was like stupid. it was getting hot in here or mm-hmm. something and yeah but that was that shit was so damn funny um but yeah so it's 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 come a long way and i was just it was it's everything's come a long way and i i yeah. it's very easy for me to it's really easy for me to forget that when i get stuck in the moment and i'm just like ah, oh, life sucks and i'm like well actually it doesn't john like it's pretty good so the writing helps with that the talking helps with that. Um, also knowing that, like, I feel like my program is pretty solid and the foundation of it. And so, and I can, I can definitely feel when I stray away from it or I mm-hmm. haven't like yeah. tapped into it in a little while, but I don't feel the need to defend it to anyone. And I don't think if you are working something that is working for you, that you don't need to defend it to anybody that you can feel good in what you're doing regardless absolutely yeah. now that the other part of that is is that they say find someone who has what you want and then go talk to them mm-hmm. and so when i feel like i want something that somebody else has you know from from recovery or from life it's like well then i go talk to them and i listen to them and i do what they tell me right because that's how they got it so there's a difference between just, you know, do what you're told, get in, get in line, do the program. You can have whatever flexibility you require. You Now, not, let's be honest, you may not get the same results. No. Well, <laughs> you know, right? It's and different. there is that old hardline AA of like boot camp where they're like, the newcomer's an idiot, get over here, whatever, you know. But I mm-hmm. think that's slowly starting to dissipate, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it still has strongholds and certain places but yeah i think that there's there's a certain element of tough love and like for me i think it's important to let people i let people know the last time i spoke with somebody about the program and stuff like that and i Mm -hmm. i let people know that there you you can do whatever you want yeah you can work this however you want Mm -hmm. the only reason that i I'm sober and doing as well as I am today is because I worked it in this particular way, in this particular order. Correct. So yeah. this way works for me. Quite possibly, if you drank like I drank, then it will work for you. But if that doesn't, if that doesn't feel good, and I always tell people too, is think about, I can't let, God, I want to say it correctly. I... Have, I am very good at giving myself excuses, right? Yeah. I am mm-hmm. really good at the excuses that have allowed me to slip and to not, not, I haven't slipped, but you know, whatever it I is know what to mean, slip though. and falter and mm-hmm. to feel bad. A lapse in better sad. judgment. A lapse yeah. in yeah. better judgment. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so part of my self care and part of my self love is wanting to be better and to not let those excuses pile up and let those excuses run the show because Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's important for me to be kind to myself, to be forgiving, but not 
fall into those excuses. There's a fine line for me between John, it's okay. <clears throat> I still love you and mm -hmm. you're still good enough, that kind of thing. And go ahead, man. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Right? Like those, right. You those can do two it tomorrow. voices that you can you do can it do tomorrow. It you can do it, do it on Wednesday. Don't worry about the, it. It's like, yeah, it's like the, it's mm. the, the, there's the voice that says, it's okay. You didn't do it today. Mm -hmm. And I need to listen to that voice. But the other voice that said, you don't have to do it. You can do it tomorrow. Right. Like that voice is, and so there's this fine line. And so in being honest with myself, it's like, well, which one is it? Is it forgiveness or is it just a fucking excuse? Right. Because <laughs> right. every time yeah. I listen to mm -hmm. the excuse, I just feel shitty mm -hmm. rather than being actually forgiving to myself. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, that's that's something that I, I I'm, trying to be more in tune with to kind of you know weed out the my own bullshit because it's it seems to be the the hardest to uh to weed out what you're saying about giving yourself excuses is is i was thinking about it right now when i was you know in the other room is uh <laughs> <laughs> is that the check is always due right regardless of what it is so anything mm -hmm. you kick down the can to do later you've got to do later you know, so whether or not you are going to be prepared to, because even if you ignore it, completely ignore it, it's got to be attended to in one way or another eventually, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, might as well do it while while you can and while you're able to then to deal with it later when it's got metastasized and gotten yeah. worse or gotten bigger or become mm -hmm. more of a chore. Um, that being said, it's still a giant pain in the fucking ass. It's still not fun sometimes to have to do that. It's so weird, right? Because we always talk about the ambiguous work of ourselves. Like I'm working on myself or I'm working on this or I'm using the tools, you know? And the tool in my mind now, like I've said before, is I'm just living it instead of actually going through the Rolodex in my mind and going, okay, where is my coping mechanism? There it is. Do you know what I mm -hmm. mean? There is a lot of intentional reminders of myself to be patient and use that kind of aspect of the program where I'm like, okay, look, I have to be patient. Why do I have to be patient? You know what I mean? And while I'm going through that in my head, almost four-stepping it, right? Jerry, yeah. you have to be patient. Why? Because if you're not patient, you're going to snap at this person. You're going to hurt their feelings. They're going to be upset at you. You upset these people enough times in a row there, you're going to become more unreliable or unpleasant. And they don't want to be around you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so weird. The, the program of mm -hmm. that four step of breaking it down to why it is you do what you do and what your pattern is. And then that playing it back, playing the tape back of why your repeated actions or your repeated kicking the can down the road or your repeated um, inactivity will affect you, you know, mm -hmm. how it goes down. Like, we're still in that process, both of us, of if I drink, it's not bad things will happen. We're still using examples. Like I'm like, if I drink, I, I don't stop drinking. I fight my wife. My wife leaves me. She takes my kid. I lose everything. Do you know what I mean? I see the consequences as actual things mm -hmm. instead of the big abstract of something right. bad will happen. Well, yeah, right. but what's the bad thing that will happen? Just what's like the you're the same way. You're like, if I drink, I don't stop drinking. I lose my job. I lose my house. I lose my physical fitness. I work so hard on. I fuck my diet up. You know All what I'm saying? The, mm -hmm. the gout. The gout comes back. <laughs> the, the gout God, comes if I back. Never, if, I never, if I never get the gout, I, I'm, I feel for anybody who has it, man. And it's, it's like, it is one of the, it's one of the worst agonizing things right. i've ever been through and putting um, vodka in the cherry juice don't fix it <laughs> no it does not Makes it worse. Um, so yeah i think i think ultimately finding a program that works for you and finding a foundation uh, it doesn't it can Just come something. from multiple sources mm -hmm. and yeah you know, hell yeah like a mixtape exactly recovery. you can have yeah. a mixtape of recover recovery and, and mm -hmm. the sobriety world is vast these days and so you're mm -hmm. going to find conflicting points of view you're going to find conflicting philosophies. You're yes, going to find conflicting absolutely. programs. Right. And, and so, you know, unless you're doing it, I would say, here's my advice. Here's my call yes. to action is okay. that unless you're fucking hurting other people or hurting yourself, mm -hmm. you're not doing it. You know what I mean? Unless you're doing that, then you're, you're probably not doing it wrong. As long as you're staying sober and trying to figure out how to stay sober without making everybody else around you miserable, you're doing mm -hmm. all right. 
But if you're actively hurting other people, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Don't, don't do it that way. Don't do it that you know? way. Yeah, that's that's my only call to action. It's super ambiguous. Don't, I think that's fair. Right. If you're hurting other people, if you're or hurting yourself, yourself yeah, don't do don't, it that way. Don't do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you, you at the very least have a cursory interest in maybe recovery changing yeah something changing changing a pattern behavior that you find troubling or (laughs) or horrible right or nightmarish yeah yes yes so i hope that helps um not only to the person who wrote me but to anybody else who is feeling concern or Mm -hmm. or defensiveness about what they're doing with their life right you don't need to be defensive you don't need to defend yourself to anyone no fuck that yeah um, you do you and make yourself make yourself okay yeah yeah we'll worry about happy later just do you and make yourself okay just get settled yourself. settled <laughs> and then from there you can fucking we'll worry about happy later worry about happy later happy's it's bullshit true. anyway there you go there it is <laughs> all right there it is from That's the cynical opaque jerry wagner jr <laughs> i don't ever feel happy just wait for <sighs> one disaster to the next mm. so i think I just want to say I hope you have a good Super Bowl, Jerry. Now it's going to be great. I'm not going to watch shit at all. I was, I'm even taking the day off from painting today. I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption too. Nice. And just, yeah, I'm going to paint tomorrow. Man, that eight mile hike though. You come visit me. We'll take you on that I, little hike. You'll like I love it. A good, I love a good sweet. Hike. There's a lot of trails. Sweet babies. Get out there in nature if you can. Feel feel tiny. It's good to feel tiny. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at asforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>